Hey, everybody. Coming up on the Matt Townsend Show today, we are talking focus. Whether it's solving a puzzle, getting projects done at work, or even giving your child some quality time, focus is the key to success. So how do we achieve focus in our busy day-to-day lives? We're talking about it right after the news with The Focus, Katie Jarvis. Good afternoon, I'm Katie Jarvis with BYU Radio News. Officials are bracing for another possible flare-up in a wildfire that has destroyed 14 homes near a mountain resort town in Utah. Hundreds of firefighters are trying to contain the 1,400-acre fire. They currently have the blaze about 25% contained. The number of Americans seeking unemployment benefits is at the lowest level it's been in six years. Layoffs have fallen 14 percent this year. That's a sign that companies are keeping more workers, but hiring is still sluggish, resulting in slow job growth. A bank robber who was nicknamed the Bucket List Bandit after allegedly telling a bank teller that he had just four months to live has been sentenced to 11 years in federal prison. He was found guilty in a string of heists in over 10 states. Researchers are announcing the rare discovery of a new species of mammal. It's a raccoon-sized creature called the Oligeet. Oligito. It lives in the mountain forests of Ecuador and Colombia, and it's nocturnal. Experts say it's the type of discovery that hasn't happened in over 35 years. In world news, the Russian lawyer for Edward Snowden says the fugitive, a national security agency leaker, has been in direct contact with his father for the first time since fleeing the U.S. The lawyer told the news agencies that Snowden and his father had acted against his legal advice, and he urged them to refrain from any further contact. In Egypt, the government has declared a nighttime curfew and a state of emergency, but violence has continued for a second day. A group of men believed to be supporters of former President Mohamed Morsi today stormed and torched two buildings housing a provincial government in a city across the Nile from Cairo. And that's the news. I'm Katie Jarvis with BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. We do what we can on this program to keep you focused today. That's our goal. And uh, also to give you some tools, a leg up in this crazy thing called life. You know, it didn't come with a handbook. It just came with a bunch of people that slowly mess your life up because they take your eye off the ball. That's the topic today. Focus. Uh, Have you ever just been so busy doing wonderfully great things that you lost your focus and you forgot the small, important things? Today, we're going to be talking to an expert who's going to help us. Dave Crenshaw is going to show us how to break it down and actually create a life of focus, uh, and especially focus on the most important things. I got my team here today. And by the way, nobody is less focused than this team has been historically. We have found our focus recently. We most certainly have. We we lost it for about a year. What are you talking about historically? Historically, we struggled. Historically, we could hold a meeting. Oh, yeah. I'm having to sit here and hold a sheet of paper to remind me of a production thing <laughs> I need to do as soon as the other Well, and what's open. funny? Because if I set this down, I will forget to do it. Now, what if you forget to hold it? Well, that's why I asked you guys if you see me set the See, now you've got all of us. How many have already forgot that he asked us to do that? Because I've already forgotten Oh, heavens, yes. I mean, if I I saw it on the table, I would have been like, oh, that's that thing Rob was. Okay, whatever. So Rob had to make a note to stay focused on this task. Then he had to tell five other people, four other people. And I'm going to bet this still might not happen. And I still haven't done it. Well, you haven't done it yet. Yeah. And And I am still holding the paper. You are, which is a really huge advancement. I mean, to what we used to be. To what We used to take... Two hours for a meeting that now takes us a half hour. And also we had – so our crew consisted of Matt yeah, who he had some experience, Rob who had some experience and then it was me, Corinne and Ben who had no idea what we were doing. No. That and, was horrible. And what I really like as far as what we're talking about with this show is we had – we only have two producers now. Yeah. We had three producers then. We even had more than that, didn't we? We had, we had special guests. I think I, they hired – Many um, producers to help out with the morning show. Yeah. But at first, a lot of them didn't want to help out with the morning show because it was early in the morning. It's too early. 
I understand. It's too early to focus. So they come over to our show. And we just hang out for an hour and a half, and then yeah, we do our deal. Eight people in there, and it'd be fun. And and we would meet at like, what, one thirty? Yes. For our 3 o'clock show, and now we meet at like 2.47? Yeah. Sometimes. But that's because hey, we had lucky. such a good meeting the night before that we've just, boom, we're ready. Yeah. Charged. We know what's up. We're, you know what it's called? It's called Focus. And what happened? And here's here's what I think. I was talking with Rob yeah. earlier about this. All right, here's what I think what happened. We had all of us all doing the same thing. We were all booking guests. We were all pre-recording yeah. stuff. We were all getting everything ready. And then at some point we changed producers. Yeah. We moved people around. And at some point we all kind of got our one job that yeah. we do. And now you can do your one job in a half hour. And now we're moving in a little bit. What a month? No. Two weeks ish, we'll be moving to a two-hour show. So watch, we're moving to a two-hour show. With we less. used to have eight, whatever six producers on a one and one-hour show that moved to then an hour and a half show. Now we're going to have three producers move to a two-hour show. You know why? Focus. Wow, we've fixed the problem. All right, there we got it figured out. And I think the other problem is we've actually heard all the stories. So the first year we were just team building, hearing each other's stories. And once we started repeating stories, we're just like, eh, don't want to hear it. We've we're, heard that one. We're like, yeah, 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 Bryce, you're you're bitter about something. Yeah, yeah, yeah Rob, yeah. whatever. It's it's rough. Yeah, yeah, Merritt, <laughs> music's great, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> blah, blah, movies, cool. <laughs> yeah. So uh, focus, but it's funny because um, you would think, I mean, sometimes we still get off in our meetings. Like we get, we go weird. But then one of us will be like, I have to leave in 10 minutes. And then we'll just go, yeah. so uh, this, 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 and we're done. Hold it. You, it just dawned on me. This has nothing to do with most of us. The reason we're focused is because Merritt's here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, for, we didn't have Merritt that whole first year, I don't think, did we? No, no. We got no. you in February, right? Yeah, which February. is weird because that's right when we started focusing. Hmm. And because I got that idea when you said, hey, I got to go in 10 minutes. Now, there's really only one person that says that. That's Merritt. <laughs> the rest of us are like, hey, we got all night. To, to be fair, I sit with my the clock to my back. That's true. <laughs> Which is probably not good. Well, that's true. It's merit. It's called I am immensely impatient. I love that. Got to smack See, you guys into line. Okay, so we fixed it. To have focus no. in your life. You need merit. You need merit. <laughs> so, But we have ours, so get your own. Yeah, don't mess <laughs> with our merit. She's ours. We need her. Uh, that's interesting. I think that's it. Okay. I'm going to give it all to you. Hey, speaking of focus real quick, why don't I go do this yeah, thing, you go right do that thing in your hand before I forget? Check in on me and make sure I'm doing it. Uh, okay. Will someone remind me to check in on Rob to make sure he did the thing that we needed to remind him to do? That's messed up. Yeah, it was. Mara, will you remember to tell Rob that he needs to do that thing? Hey, Bryce. <laughs> See, we're so no, messed up. Okay. But it is. I'm just going to give you the truth. You are the reason. No, no. Okay, we're going to extend this. I don't want to take the credit. You don't want the blame, I'm going do you? to give the credit to Sticky Notes because that's what keeps me in line. Okay, but as a guy that taught time management at Franklin Covey for nine years, <laughs> you're not supposed to use Sticky Notes. Sticky, I, it's actually a notebook. Like, okay, uh, notebook's probably a better. A notepad? No, Like a, a notebook. removable sticky? Is it no. a planner? No. So because you need a planner. Because no, if you ever want to have a life, you it, need a planner. It's a notebook, and I'm actually on the last page today, so something has got to happen. But I would get a new book. Top of the notebook, I just say, like, today I wrote Thursday, and then I wrote everything I needed to do. See, you have a system. I have a system. Which, by the way, is something I'm not sure we had for a year. Did we have a system? We had our system. Eh. Yeah. But we were we were creating it. We were, and it's neat because we're helping. We're 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 pioneers at BYU Radio in a day show that you know that has all this focus on all these things that they had never focused on. Pretty much, we had no clue what we were doing. The long and short of it, we had yeah. no clue, and we had no set expectations. It was kind of like, don't get in trouble. That was it. Don't That's get in it. trouble. Don't make mistakes. And we fixed it by hiring Merritt, who then doesn't want to take it because no. she thinks it's because she's making a plan, which I think is working. No, actually, we're actually just following the uh, reasons, you know, histor historically, historians set out reasons for, like, how civilizations yeah. occur. Yeah. I mean, we're all farmers. And one of those is, like, diversity of 
tasks. Yes. Yeah. So, so we're just we, becoming a civilization, a I radio think, civilization. We're diversifying. People can focus on their tasks and succeed in that And we've task. got, by the way, so we've got a taskmaster named Merritt. Who's she, nice. She's super nice. She's never – like you say you're mean. I've never seen you be mean. But what, we, what people need is we need – we all need someone that's focused like you and wants to get it done. Or we just multitask. Yeah. Yeah. I think – I mean it's funny that you guys are saying this because I, I am pretty focused at work. But I like use up all my focus quota. Yeah. And then I like go home and I have to be focused about something. And yeah. so I'll be like making dinner and I'll pull, you know, I pull out the pasta and something. And then I'll walk into the other room and forget about what I was doing. And then I come back in and then, oh, my water's been boiling for like What's 10 that minutes smell? now. And or it's I like halfway smoke. gone. Or it's the, it's the, the water's boiled down. Really, yeah. So you have to put more water. And you're <laughs> like, water oh, and now I got to wait for this boil. This is never going to go. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's, um, focus is a universal plague. It is, yeah. Right? It's been there since since the early days. Yeah, because it's not easy, and we all like to do easy things. And then there's this myth that we should just multitask, and that then Ooh, that we, you you can do ten things at one time. And our guest blows that up well, in his book. Well, Matt, but, you're supposed to be a well-rounded person. Yeah. So, so you're supposed to be you're supposed to not be good at anything. Just be okay at lots of things. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Thus yeah. the multitask. Multitask. Well. Yeah. Do you believe it? No, I no. Totally don't. I don't either. That's why I don't even try. Well-rounded is is like a trans that translates to I, I'm I'm trying to turn you into a well-rounded person. Meaning I'm really not going to teach you how to do this. Yeah. I'm no. going to teach you how to start this, and that's it. Okay. My theory on well-roundedness, I guess, to turn it into a noun. Yes. Would be that you have to focus on one thing to succeed in the twentieth, twenty-first right. century life, right? And the twentieth. You just have to be a good critical thinker, which means actually only being good at one thing. But if you're a good critical thinker, then you can do and be well see, like I'm not things. really – I'm smart enough to know that I'm not really focused. Yeah. So I try to have people around me that are really focused. Boom. That's all I needed. Now, you have to be able to pay for them. But, you know, that took a while. Then eventually, <laughs> if you just stay focused on what you're good at – You'll get there. Boom. I monotask. <laughs> a lot of my people monotask. But together, we create this incredible multitasking, but it's between eight people. Yeah. It's not between – it's not in me. It's a civilization. I can't do two things at once. Hey, speaking of speaking of focusing, yeah. Rob, did you take care of uh, – did you, you take care of that thing? Did you get your thing down there, Robbie? No. Well, I, I had to get Dave Crenshaw on the phone. You That's got true. Distracted. That's true. And then I went over to do it, but I'm, this, do you know there's a bus strike in Brazil? I didn't know that. Oh boy, he saw the shiny thing. That I, shiny heard, thing. I heard that there was protests going on in Brazil. <laughs> I didn't know it was squirrel. buses. Okay, I'll, I'm, I'm going to open up playlist editor right now. Okay, we get this, you get on that. Get, I get this done. Wow, okay. uh, this is going to be forever. Yeah. So we're going to bring Dave Crenshaw on. Um, we're going to take a break. Come back from this break. We're going to bring the guy that's going to help you get focused. He wrote the book on it, The Focused Business, How Entrepreneurs Can Triumph Over Chaos. Dave Crenshaw is going to be joining us. Also, by the way, the author of The Myth of Multitasking. Blowing it up, getting us focused, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. If you can see something on your computer, why shouldn't you be able to feel it? This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. The graphics and sound capabilities on today's computers are nothing short of amazing. With some video games and virtual world simulation, you almost feel like you're there. Almost. Now, with support from the National Science Foundation, researchers and students at the University of Pennsylvania are working on bringing a realistic sense of touch to virtual simulation. Katherine Kuchenbecker, an assistant professor of mechanical engineering and applied mechanics at the university, says the projects in her lab are all about capturing how an object feels and realistically recreating those sensations so that you can feel a virtual version of the object through a computer and other devices. The process is called haptography, or haptic photography, and it has a wide range of applications. Imagine if you could touch fabric samples on an online shopping site to get a good realistic sense of their texture, you can make sure to get exactly the pair of corduroys you want. The real driver is medical simulation and training. Surgeons can learn exactly how certain interactions feel and practice skills in a rich, virtual environment. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. 
Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're going to stay focused and on topic today. We're moving the show right along because uh, BYU's summer graduation is going to be starting at about 4 o'clock Mountain Time, so about 44 minutes from now. So we'll be ending the show early. We are going to get right into the focus topic with our guest today. Dave Crenshaw is joining us. He's been on the show a couple times. He's a master of helping business owners triumph over chaos He has appeared in Time Magazine, Forbes, The Washington Post, and the BBC News. He's the author of The Myth of Multitasking, How Doing It All Gets Nothing Done. By the way, that book, published in six languages, it's a time management bestseller. He has now uh, just come out with a brand new book called The Focused Business, How Entrepreneurs Can Triumph Over Chaos. And uh, which is also a small business bestseller. Uh, Dave Crenshaw is joining us now. Dave, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks, Matt. It's always a pleasure to to be here. It really is, uh, you know, it's hard for you because you're a busy man and a crazy schedule, so you have to stay focused. Uh, It's interesting. I read something in your book, The Focused Business, Business, How Entrepreneurs Can Triumph Over Chaos. In the book, does it actually tell me that that your psychologist dissed you by claiming that you are a quote, I'm going to read the quote, freaking off the charts, ADHD. Is that true? <laughs> that is, well, I wouldn't say he dissed me. He gave me... Uh, he gave you truth. Was, uh, actually, a pretty accurate uh, diagnosis. He put me through two tests to make sure that the di- diagnosis was accurate. He said, if there were a fifth standard deviation, you'd be in it. That's right. Boy. So is that what what drove you to uh, to... Get this idea of focus, you know, it's, centered on. Yeah, it's a big part of it. Uh, I, I, it's, I kind of talk about how this has always been sort of a, a personal demon, something that I've had to work to deal with and overcome. And then also working with small business owners. I mean, there's not a group oh. on the face of the earth yeah. that, that lacks focus as much as a typical entrepreneur. It's so true. Well, because there's 20 ways to go, right? Right, and you don't have uh, just one job description. You've got 10 different job descriptions. So all of these things are pulling your attention. Oh, and on top of that, we've got lots of opportunities that we can pursue. It just goes on and on. Well, and I think it, 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 we're, and we're kind of ignorant to it, like um, because we don't necessarily start business. You know, I might be really good at actually doing the job, like speaking, for example, you might be a good public speaker, but that doesn't mean you're great at selling it. That doesn't mean you're great at managing it and making sure you get there at doing the billing. Yet we're all kind of naive maybe to what we are really good at and what we're not. That's why having your therapist tell you, you know what, Dave, you you really aren't very good at focusing. That's a huge benefit. Yeah, and and that's where I I decided, hey, I need to change things. Um, I you know I knew I was going to be a father fairly soon, and so I, I couldn't continue to to operate that way, and so that's really where I leaned on my training, my background, which which frankly was in business systems. Right. But what I saw was the power of having systems, a process, a procedure, and so first I applied that to to building a personal way of dealing with time and with organization, and then I started working on it with, with business owners, uh, which led to my first book, The Myth of Multitasking, and now The Focus Business. That's powerful. I, I know as part of your systems background, you you uh, you really enjoy and, and love to espouse a principle of chaos, the law of chaos, because it seems yeah, like well, most humans don't like chaos, yet it's inevitable. So teach us about chaos theory. Well, the law of chaos is this. Um, business success breeds business chaos. And what that means is the more successful you become as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, the more your business grows, the more chaotic it's going to become. Right. And that's, that's really critical to understand because people think, oh, if I just had a little more money, if sales were better, if I, had hi- if I hire someone else, uh, it's going to change. Everything's going to be better. We're just around the corner. 
And the reality is, no, it just it just gets bigger. Yeah, <laughs> the chaos never ends. And so, really, what I what I'm doing with the focus business is saying, okay, there is a way to stop this pattern. There is a way to to build a focus business rather than a chaotic business. But you've got to step out of it for a moment and look at things with a fresh set of eyes. I guess that's why you see these companies, and I guess even government, hello, um, and e- any institution really that just kind of keeps growing, just to support itself, and almost out of a, a growth out of need and out of just, I guess that's the way we've always done it, instead of kind of this structured. Uh, focused process you're saying. I mean, it's one thing to grow just because you're getting bigger. It's another thing to grow and uh, and grow in a way that, that maybe is even more profitable, grow in a focused way. Right. Well, I tell a story about um, the greatest hot dog stand in the world in the book. Uh, it's a gentleman I met. I, I can't even say his name. I can't say the business, and here's why. Because when I, when I met him, I said, hey, you've got a great little business here selling these hot dogs. I'd like to highlight you. I'd like to... to uh, give you publicity? And he said, no. I said, what are you talking about? No. And he said, look, I've turned, turned down Martha Stewart. I've turned down <laughs> these different magazines. He said, I don't want to do it. And the answer to the reason why he didn't want to do it is because he was happy what he had. He's making you know, a good six-figure income sitting on the beach selling hot dogs. Why yeah. would he want to ruin that? Yet our culture has taught us that we need more, 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 more and that also includes spurring businesses sometimes to grow their sales for no good reason. That's so interesting. Like, you think, well, who wouldn't want more? Well, the person that's getting what they want. Right, right. And, and I think just the fact that we have begun to think that way is a symptom of a, a lack of perspective of our, our, that our culture has given us. Right. Uh, it really is about the kind of life that you want to have, and creating a focused business is saying, I'm going to build a business that gets me that result, rather than just, I'm just growing this business because deep down inside, I'm going to feel like a better person if I win an award or if our yeah. business becomes a million dollars or a billion dollars or whatever. Wow. Isn't that, that's, uh, you know, that seems like a whole new world. The idea that because uh, again maybe it's this Western kind of organ you know mentality is that we it's about the profits it's about the money it's about the growth then you get big enough and then you take your company and you sell it and then you're now a millionaire and now with your millions you can go change the world versus identifying how what what I really want out of life and then building my life and not and, and I guess too adapting to the chaos because I guess either way you're going to have chaos around you right. Right. The question is, what's the point of it? What, what is it you're trying to accomplish? Um, now, in my book, um, I create seven fictitious characters, and they represent seven aspects of chaos. Uh, I, I call them supervillains, so Ooh. to speak. And one of them is the con. And the con's lie is that it will be worth it in the end. That if you sacrifice your time, if you sacrifice your money, if you sacrifice your family, your health on the altar of your business, in the end, it'll be worth it. There's going to be this big payoff. You're going to sell, you're going to cash out, you're going to be the next Mark Zuckerberg, and then you can you know, live life on a beach. The reality is that is not what happens to the vast majority of small businesses. Now, does that mean you shouldn't think about doing that? No, I think it's a wonderful thing. I support entrepreneurship. But you need to change your understanding of what it's really about. And part of that is creating little harvests for yourself, little rewards on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, rather than just uh, some point five years in the future, Google's going to come in and buy us and I'm going to live like a king. Oh, I love that. So one, one of the ways you – so you use these, uh, these different you know, demons, the seven demons, I guess, of chaos uh, to, teach, to teach some principles. But one principle you're saying about being able to stay focused – is don't buy the message that the con's going to sell, that it will all be worth it in the end. You're saying, let's make it worth it today. Exactly. Let's make it worth it now. It's amazing to me how many uh, business owners I've worked with, and I say, what do, you, what do you do for fun? And I get a blank look on their face. Fun? I'm a business the owner. Only, yeah, the only thing that they know that's fun is being a business owner. 
they've lost their identity. And so part of what I do is I'm helping them get back to that, hey, you know what, take a, take a 15-minute walk once a day. Yeah. And, and to most other people, that sounds absurd. Why would I have to tell people to do that? But to a business owner, you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about because you're so caught up in the moment of doing everything Ugh. that you're neglecting yeah. yourself. And neglecting sometimes your family as well. Well, this sounds like a principle, too, though, that transcends business. This sounds like moms at home. And this sounds like dads that are sitting there saying, well, we're parents, so of course we're miserable. Uh, kids are t- difficult, and we had to go do this. And the, the, one of someone's struggling, and we just had to pay for band lessons. And But it's the same principle there. Don't buy the argument that of chaos that it's just going to be worth it someday. Instead, let's start looking for, you call them the little harvest, these little payoffs that can happen every single day. Right. I, I sat down with a couple a couple ones, and really this is where the idea came from. I was sitting down with a husband and wife who owned a business together, and they really hadn't become, they'd become very unclear with each other about what they wanted. And so what I sat down with them and said, hey, okay, what do we want out of this thing? What, what's the purpose of this? Every day, what do you guys want? And then we established a mini harvest for the day. And then we said, okay, what about a week? Are you going on a date once a week? Mm. What do you want out of that? And then they agreed on it together. We had a conversation, all three of us, to create this. And then we went on the, a month and a year. What, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to have a big vacation once a year? What is it? And getting really, really clear and making a commitment to each other that you're going to do that. And, and I, that's the key. So chaos, you're saying, is inevitable. And if we can deal with some of these agents, and we'll be taking a break in a minute, but I, I want to come back and get into all of these agents if we can get to it, all of these demons that kind of that kind of fester around the chaos. Um, you're basically saying chaos is inevitable, and you can you can either kind of take it on and create systems and some structures around it so you're not being played, or you can um, just get enveloped in it and believe all the stories and and believe all of the myths. I like to think of it the same way as a rocket. I mean, what is it that pushes a rocket forward? It's that it's energy, it's fire, yeah. right? And that's what chaos is. It's, it's a powerful force. But if you leave it unchecked, what's, what is it? It's just an explosion. Yeah. But if we push it all in one direction, if we focus all that energy into one place, then it becomes something that propels us forward and moves the business forward. And so that's really what I'm, I'm encouraging people to do is to channel it all in one direction. Hmm. That's powerful. And again, powerful personally, powerful you know, in your marriage with your family. Um, okay. Channeling our power, getting the focus is what we're talking about. We're going to take a break. We're talking with Dave Crenshaw, who's the author of The Focused Business, How Entrepreneurs Can Triumph Over Chaos. Uh, we're going to come back with him and uh, get some more tools. Go check out Dave's website, DaveCrenshaw.com, uh, DaveCrenshaw.com, and uh, you can get more insight there. We'll be back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on BYU Radio. Saddle is a professional artist who travels the world painting pictures. It is a place I enjoyed, and I've been there several times and love it. Then he comes back and shares travel tips, trivia, and history about the places he's visited. You mentioned the base seasoning. They, that is a big deal. That's the only place you can get it, and they put it on everything. Tune in to BYU Radio on weeknights at 9 Eastern for Traveling with Eric Dowdle. Tantera Hour, Ron Simpson introduces you to the songs and artists he loves while explaining the intricacies of the music as he goes. I think you'll discover some themes, some techniques, and some melody writing that just might turn you into more of a fan. Become a fan of the Tantera Hour and tune in weekdays at 8 a.m. Eastern, right here on BYU Radio. Talk about good. Good afternoon, I'm Katie Jarvis with BYU Radio News. 
The number of Americans seeking unemployment benefits is at the lowest level it's been in nearly six years. Layoffs have fallen by 14 percent this year. That's a sign that companies are keeping more workers, but hiring is still sluggish, and that's resulting in slow, slow job growth. Officials are bracing for another possible wildfire after the one that has destroyed 14 homes near a Utah mountain resort town is still burning. Hundreds of firefighters are trying to contain the 1,400-acre fire, and they currently have the blaze about 25 percent. Contained. A bank robber who was nicknamed the Bucket List Bandit after allegedly telling a bank teller that he had just four months to live has been sentenced to 11 years in federal prison. He was found guilty in a string of heists in 10 states. President Obama has scrapped a joint U.S.-Egypt military exercise scheduled for next month. He said American cooperation with the Egyptian government can't continue when civilians are being killed in the streets. It was President Obama's first statement on the rapidly deteriorating. Situation in Egypt, where spiraling violence has left more than 500 people dead. Researchers are announcing the rare discovery of a new species of mammal. It's a raccoon-sized creature called the olingito. It lives in the mountain forests of Ecuador and Colombia, and it's nocturnal. Experts say that this is the first type of discovery that has happened in about 35 years. In world news, a powerful car bomb exploded today in the densely packed southern suburbs of Beirut. It possibly killed up to 20 people, killed eight for certain, and it wounded at least 120 people. After the final death count, it is possible that this could be the deadliest single bombing in Lebanon since the end of the civil war. And that's the news. This is BYU Radio. I'm Katie Jarvis. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're focusing on focus. We are trying to stay focused. And hey, just this—this this just in—an update from producer uh, Colonel Rob Sanders. He has actually completed the task that he had set aside for himself. He also remember he wrote it down on a piece of paper. He carried that paper with him until I think he lost it, and then um, he had us remind him and remind him. And in the end, he got it done. And then when we asked him, he then started to wonder if he had done it right. So he's now trying to figure out if he had done it the proper way. And we'll get back with you on that. But our lesson today, our topic today, is about focusing. We have got a wonderful guest, Dave Crenshaw, who's been helping business owners uh, for years. He's also, um, you know, he's 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 a prolific writer. He's he's written the myth of multitasking: how doing it all gets it done, which was published in six languages. Uh, he's also um, written another book that we're talking about today: the focused business, how entrepreneurs can triumph over chaos. He's teaching us right now how to take the chaos, all that energy, and instead of just letting it be a big explosion that just you know messes us up, how to channel that energy, how to focus the energy to create the goals that we really want to accomplish in life. So, Dave Crenshaw, thank you for coming back. We appreciate you being with us. Oh, thank you very much. Now, apparently, we can go to your、uh, website or just to the website chaosquiz dot com, and we can take a chaos assessment. Is that right? That's right.、Uh, take about four minutes to do that, and、uh, what will happen is that assessment goes to a real life person, and they'll go through and look at it, and then make a recommendation on things that you can do to reduce the chaos in your personal life, and if you own a business, how to reduce it in your business. That's powerful. And chaos、uh, again. So just go to chaosquiz dot com. You can also find Dave's website. Just go to Dave Crenshaw C R E N S H A W dot com. Dave Crenshaw dot com. And you can get his book, you can get his blog, some videos that he's done there. But I want to go back and and have you teach us some more about. You called them the demons, I think, the demons of chaos. Is that what you were calling、uh, them? Seven agents. Agents of chaos. Um, so what are okay? So one agent you were talking about is the con, and the con is this the lesson that、uh, or the assumption that a lot of us make、um, that you know in the end all this chaos. That, that throws us all different directions. It's going to be worth it.、Uh, that、right. that was one of them. Give me some more agents that we need to watch out for.、Uh, let's go with Ms. Opportunity. Yes,、uh, she's she's one of my favorites. So Ms. Opportunity, she's the one that 
whispers in your ear and uh, the phrase, you know, every uh, great uh, comic book villain needs a catchphrase, right? Right. Her catchphrase is, don't leave money on the table. <laughs> and what that means is, you know, oh, look, you can just make a little money here on the side. If you just added this one little thing to what you do in your day, you could make more money. Yeah. So you take advantage of these opportunities. The problem is whenever you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. Right. So you may be able to make a little bit more money, but you could probably make a whole lot more if you focused on just one thing and maximize the value of that one thing all the way to, to completion. Oh, that is so big. And, and it does. It literally, because when's not, you know, everything's an opportunity. Everything. But not the opportunity you need, right? I mean, not everything ends up being. I, we we do this with our kids a lot too. Where, yeah, I want all, I want my kid to have every opportunity they can. Well, hello, right. hold on, because you're going to be marketed 15 different sports they can play. So every one right. of those sports is an opportunity, but at some point, you you can't do them all. Yeah, I, uh, my wife uh, had a had a good friend growing up, and their family made it a rule that. You could play one musical instrument and you could play one sport. Yeah. And, and you needed to pick that one thing. I think that's a great perspective because a lot of times people are thinking uh, that it's, it's a gift or it's some mystical thing that I'm going to be successful uh, simply because I find the right thing. And the reality, almost like you're looking for a soulmate when right. it comes to your business. My or, eternal partner or, in my, yeah. Yeah, but the reality is, it's a function of continually and consistency, consistently working on one thing and bringing it to success. Uh, a great example of that happens to be right. You know, I went to the Marriott School of Management. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize where Marriott started. It was a restaurant yeah. for decades before they did anything else. They mastered having a restaurant. And then that opened up opportunities in other things, yeah. into in other op- areas. And that's what I teach is mastery in one area leads to opportunity in all others. But the problem is most people, and especially entrepreneurs, they tend to seek every opportunity in all areas right from the beginning, and it hamstrings their ability to succeed. Oh, that's so true. Ooh, those are some bad agents. Like they're they're yeah. out there tricking us because, you know, you don't want to leave money on the table. And in the end, it'll all be worth it. All this stress and chaos will be worth it, even if we arrive somewhere we didn't want to be. Um, right. Give us another agent. What's another agent that we're – another kind of myth and agent that we're buying into when it comes to chaos? Uh, you know, another one that I like is, uh, is uh, the gorilla. <laughs> and the gorilla represents – uh, employees within a business. Uh, typically, they're someone who is very strong. They have lots of great abilities, but along with that strength, they also make messes everywhere that they go. <laughs> and so what happens is you set up a situation that's almost like the lyrics from the classic U2 song, um, I can't live with or without you. Right? Yeah. And so it, it puts... Uh, businesses in this really tough position because they've got somebody who's so strong, but yet they, they're just creating so much chaos everywhere they go. And it will keep business owners awake at night. It makes things difficult for coworkers. Uh, it's a real problem. Well, and sometimes you open the door, like you were saying, once you start getting a little success, you need more employees. So then you start getting right. more employees, which just creates more gorillas and more problems. I mean, you know, more opportunity, of course. Oh, there's the next, there's Miss Opportunity, and the gorilla kicks in. And then we kind of think, I guess this is business ownership. This will all be worth it. And in the end, you're just babysitting gorillas. Right. And so what we need to do from the beginning is to create a strategy. That's what I call the most valuable employee. And and the idea behind the most valuable employee is creating the profile of, of a person that's the perfect fit for that particular business yeah. and then hiring to that profile. What most people do, and, and I would say even individuals marketing themselves to businesses, is they're marketing their skill set. This is what I know how to do. 
when in fact what people should be hiring for and what people should even be marketing themselves with is this is who I am. This is the kind of person. This is my personality. These are my traits. And when you get into a position that matches your traits, you're much more likely to succeed and the business is going to be much more likely to succeed because it's filled with people who have um, traits that are harmonious with each other. So true. Holy cow. Uh, yeah, we get we get wrapped up, and it seems like I can teach people skills, but I can't right. change who they are. Right. I can't make someone a people person. Right. Can someone become a people person if they're not, if they're naturally introverted? Yes, they can, but it's, it's a process of decades yeah. to make that kind of a change. A business doesn't have the time or money to invest and try to change who people are. You need to hire people who I, I borrow from um, from the Dallas Cowboys in the 70s. Uh, Tech Schramm had a philosophy when he was uh, drafting players to look for the best available athlete. In other words, it didn't matter what position they played. We just draft the best available athlete and then turn them into the best position. Yeah. And, and that's really what I'm advocating for businesses is instead look for the best available fit for your business and then, and then teach them the skills. There's so many ways to teach people skills, so many opportunities that are out there uh, for people to learn that. You don't need to, to bend over backwards right. to fit just the skills. Well, and that's a weird thing about the businesses is a lot of times you don't even pick your people. They're your brothers and your sisters. You know, they're the... They're already in the business because dad owned it. And so you've got your brother and your aunt Jane and everyone's in there. And now all of a sudden they are gorillas and we're, and you might even be asked to manage it or to just be a part of it. And it gets really chaotic. More agents of chaos, huh? Well, and, and you said it right there. The small business, every small business I've worked with in one degree or another has a gorilla typically because of that. Because a person grows up into the business with a feeling of privilege. Right. Uh, so, so I've talked about kind of the long-term solution, but there's also a short-term solution. I mean, what if we have a gorilla? Um, and the answer is there are only two things you can do with a gorilla. Number one, you can put them in a cage. And number two, you can release them into the wild. And that's it. Yeah. And, and by putting in a cage, what I mean is giving clear boundaries, clear guidelines, and holding them accountable to those guidelines and saying, this is a place you do not cross. We need you to stay in these boundaries. And then if it doesn't work out, then we go to releasing the wild, which means, you know what? They're going to be happier out there somewhere else <laughs> with that someone is, else. It's such a great metaphor. It really is because, but that's the, that's the rub right there is, and even when you said it, that's the big deal, cage or release. But the reality is, and I've seen it just even with other employees that I've had, you couldn't cage them. They wouldn't be caged, which is actually part of their genius. So let them go. And um, they thrive when they go. Exactly. They're happier that way. But we feel bad. We feel guilty. We feel like, oh, I can't do this to someone. No, you're actually hurting them and you're hurting the other people who are working in the business if you hold on to a gorilla too long. So true. We're talking uh, about the seven agents of chaos. This is uh, Dave Crenshaw is talking to us here. He's the author of the book, The Focused Business, How Entrepreneurs Can Triumph Over Chaos. We're going to give you some more tools when we come back. Dave's going to wrap it up and give us some ideas, some other things we should be doing to make sure that we're not falling into this chaos. Uh, how to, you know, change, how to actually create a focused life and, um, and deal with our business and our families better. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on BYU Radio. A group of nano-engineering experts wants to end an old lunchtime pet peeve, those annoying ketchup bottles that won't give up that last little bit. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. Dr. Kripa Varanasi's team at MIT has significant experience researching slippery coatings that could prevent clogs in deep-sea oil pipes and ice from sticking to airplane wings. Other research groups have also come up with non-stick coatings based on the same general principle. The coating is actually a thin layer of liquid which allows things to slip right off. Research in this area definitely improves lives, but it looks like it's also going to make picnics more enjoyable. The team has developed a coating surface for bottles called Liquiglide, now, thick sauces that would normally move like sludge seem to just fall out of liquid glide coated bottles. 
It's so good that mayonnaise, mustard, even ketchup rolls right out of the bottle and onto your sandwich. The chemicals used in the coating are plant-derived and already FDA-approved, so they're already safe to be used in food bottles. The scientists estimate that the innovation could save about a million tons of food from being thrown out every year. They also see it being used in cosmetic bottles like shampoo and expensive lotions you don't want to waste. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Verbino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. With new releases each week, how can you know which movies your family should see? Well, Wednesdays at 9.30 Eastern on The Morning Show, we talk with movie reviewers from Parent Previews. And so I think there's a lot of power in a film like that. From age appropriateness to the message it delivers, get the inside scoop. For me, it was a movie that I thought, this is a great one to sit down and talk with your family about. Parent Previews, here on BYU Radio's Morning Show. Welcome back, everybody. We're wrapping up the show today, uh, an abbreviated version of the Matt Townsend Show. We're going to be turning it over to Brigham Young University's commencement exercises for summer. Uh, the summer graduation is going to be starting in a few minutes. But before we do, we're going to stay focused with our wonderful guest, Dave Crenshaw, is joining us. Dave uh, is a, basically a business coach that that works, goes into companies, and... Uh, Strikes fear in all of the gorillas that work there. He really uh, goes in and teaches the leaders and managers how to create a more focused business, how to create a more focused life. He's the author of the book Focused Business, How Entrepreneurs Can Triumph Over Chaos, and also the, the another great book you got to go check out, um, which is The Myth of Multitasking. Uh, if you've been enjoying what we're talking about, go to his website, DaveCrenshaw.com. And by the way, when you get there, you can also take an assessment on another site. Um, I'll give it to you here. The other site is called ChaosQuiz.com. If you go to ChaosQuiz.com, you can fill out a little assessment and... Um, It'll go to like a coach who will sit there and help you create a personalized action plan about uh, your approach to chaos. So really great offering there from Dave Crenshaw. Dave, welcome back to the show. Again, I'm loving what we're learning. Hey, thank you, Matt. You bet. As we wrap it up, um, so people just have to get the book and, and go to your website. I think there's so much there that they can learn. But what, what else can we do? Are there any other things we can do specifically to fight these agents of chaos, the con, to fight the gorillas, to fight mis-opportunity? Uh, what, what are some other things we should be doing? Well, I, I think the big thing here is know what you do Best. Make a commitment to the thing that you love, uh, that you're uh, that you're gifted at, and that you're skilled at. Uh, a lot of times, people will ask me the question, um, you know, either they're thinking of starting a business, or maybe they have no intent of being an entrepreneur. They have no intent to be a small business owner. And they say, "Well, Dave, how do I know what I should be doing with my career?" And I say, "Find your talent." And that's my definition of talent. It's really specific. It's something that you, it's uh, gifts plus love plus skills, meaning something you're naturally good at, something you love to do, and something you have education or background or experience doing. When you combine all three of those things into a talent, that's when you're successful, rather than just chasing money. So if somebody's trying to eliminate chaos in their life and they're going too many directions, you would suggest, okay, get to your talent, find the thing you love, the thing you're gifted at, where you're skilled, and start there and um, and then kind of build a plan from there. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and make a long-term commitment to it. Uh, you know, I use a couple of kind of strange examples in my books uh, or in my book of, exam- of people who have done this. Uh, one such person would be uh, Iron Chef Michael Simon. Now, I don't know if you watch the Food Network. Is he the mean one that's so mean? No, oh, no. Oh, those are the... nice one that's, that's bald and he's really, he's oh, really yeah. funny. Yeah. Always cracking jokes, okay? Michael oh, yeah. Simon focused on his talent, which is food, and he mastered it. That was a process of, of a decade or more right. to get to that point. Then he became a business owner, 
And that opened up opportunities to be uh, a celebrity and to be on TV. And he's going to have many more opportunities now as a result of it. You can see the same example. Um, I use supermodel Tyra Banks as an example. Huh. She focused on being a supermodel, took that all the way to mastery. And now she's, you know, yeah. what, what doesn't she do? She's done lots and lots of things. She's the new Oprah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so someone told me that the other on day. One thing, yeah. Take that all the way to mastery, and then you can do all the other things. But what most people do, they try to do all those things at the same time, right from the very beginning. They diversify too early, and it holds them back from being successful. What, what if you don't feel like you do anything well? I mean, I've had people talk to me about that recently. Like, yeah, these are great ideas if you're somebody that actually has a talent. What, what if you don't know what your talents are? Well... I believe that everyone is talented in some area. Personally. Right. I haven't met anybody who doesn't who fits into that category. I have people who have lost a belief in self. Yeah. But but everyone has something that they're gifted at, something that they love to do, and something that they've gained some education, some skill in doing. And when you find the intersection of all three of those things, and you have that talent, you're going to succeed. Even if that, you know, that gift and that love and skill is something uh, that others may look at and say, well, that's, that's kind of mundane. That's not as flashy. That's not like being an author and a speaker. It's not like being a CEO of a, right. of a multi-million dollar company. It doesn't matter. Uh, one of the truths about success in life is that the people who really m- make money are people who didn't chase money. They're people who chased that talent. Yeah, that passion. And, and then the money followed. Yeah, it's interesting. It, that, it's just, it's such a healthier way because you love doing what you do anyway, and you would do it for half as much. And that's, you did it for half as much for years. And the better you got at it, the more you kind of, you fine tuned your talent. Um, then it then it starts to foster these other opportunities for growth. I totally agree. Everybody's got a gift and a talent. It's just some people's are more obvious than others. But that, I think you hit it too. That's probably just a loss of self, not knowing who you are. Right. And, and you, you know, there's that statement, and I want to be really clear about it because sometimes people will hear this and go, "Oh, you do what you love, and the money will follow." Right. That's not necessarily true. Because um, I may love uh, being a, uh, a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a dancer. In the NFL, right. uh, but uh, I don't have any gifts or skills in that area. It's not so happening. You, you, I would say do what you're talented in, which part of which includes love, and yeah. then the money will follow. That's cool. Um, and then I, what I also love about all your stuff is you. it's not enough to just want it. You actually, you're really big into actually doing it. Hmm. Weird. Right. And, and I know, I know. And, and making a specific choice to take an action. Yeah. And, and really, that's what I would ask the audience. So you're listening to this. You're hearing these great principles. Um, so now I'm going to turn it back on you and ask you the question. What's one thing that you can do as a result of this? You probably had three or four different ideas of things that you could do. Pick one. And what's the one thing that you're going to commit to? And as soon as possible, tell someone else about that commitment. Because then you'll have a little bit of social pressure. It'll make it easier for you to follow through. Pick yeah. one thing and take action on that one thing. And then um, I know you're also big in the plan. It, it seems like um, this is, seems like a part of chaos where I can commit to my one thing and I'm going to go do my one thing. Yeah, 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 I'll do it. The problem is, once I do it, I'm going to also get some feedback and realize that, hey, maybe I need to adjust this. So that's where this planning model comes in that you that you focus on. Right. Well, uh, I think you're referring to the, the focus business yeah. uh, map in yeah. the book. Yeah. So the idea behind that is, is I think of it like a force field you know, to protect you against the agents of chaos. Uh, you're going to have temptations come constantly from all these different angles. And it's going to be really easy to give in. So what the focus business map is, is it says here's a one-page document that you look at regularly. And any kind of uh, diversion in focus, you just look at that piece of paper and say, okay, is that keeping me on target? Is that keeping me in the direction I'm wanting to go? 
or is that pulling me away? Mm. And reviewing that regularly helps your mind get in that place where it continually commits to focusing on one thing. When you look at this, Dave, and you think, I mean, I'm sure you've sat there with people where you've seen this transition take place, this mighty change kind of from them just getting swept away in the chaos and just tossed around to where they finally get some bearings and and they and they take over and, and get their life back. Just explain to us what that looks like. What is that? What do you see happen to people when they finally start to focus this chaos? Well, I'll tell you a story that um, I, I got permission to tell. Um, I've got a client who I mean, he's a tough-looking dude. He's got a long ponytail. He's got arms as big as my waist. Um, he, he's he got his beard like ZZ Top. Um, he also happens to be the owner of a multimillion-dollar business. Yeah. But he had let the con lie to him, and he had believed it. He was working extremely long hours uh, regularly. And it came up in our conversation that he wasn't getting home on time with his family. So I got his wife on the phone with us. <laughs> yeah. And and she started to talk about what what the effect was on her and this super tough as nails guy started to cry on the phone. Ooh. I said what what's wrong? And he said this is not what I want. This is not what I believe in. Um so I know we're on radio so I got to make a long story short. No, you're good. In the in the end uh what happened was I I came back to him and he made a commitment to me. He reported to me every week that he was on home, at home on time. I even had his wife call me on one occasion. Really? Uh, Dave, he's seven minutes late. <laughs> but now he's consistent. He, he stays on that side of the line. He has a consistent harvest. And, and he told me the other day, he said, man, things are good, man. Yeah. We, I hold my wife. We spend time with each other. I focus on her. And it's really good. And to me, you know, it, I am a business coach. But to me, business is just the medium that I use to help people change and to help families become stronger. Right. It's just a vehicle, isn't it? It's not It's not the only vehicle, but the people, and like you brought up, people and families, those two units, um, they really are the things that that matter most to us. They, they also seem to be the biggest victims of the chaos. They, the, the, those are the things that seem to get churned the most. Right. It's just an opportunity to learn. I think of it like a classroom. And it, and it just happens to be the classroom that we're spending the majority of our time in. Because people don't spend the majority of their time at home, unfortunately. Right. If you don't count sleep, they're spending the majority of time at work, which means that we've got to be learning how to be better people uh, and better family members during the time that we spend at work so that we come home, we're better there. Do you sense, I mean, it seems like once you get a leader that's kind of understands the, uh, the, you know, the agents of chaos that kind of sneak in, it seems like you could create a really... Um, powerful kind of self-regulating company that could could live a lot of these principles. I mean, have you been able to see it in the point where the executive was able to hand it down to other executives and you could create an actual culture over this? Right. That's that's exactly the idea. I do believe you use the phrase, and I, I think this needs to happen, is that it needs to be handed down. Yeah. Now, that doesn't necessarily play, apply on a, on a large, large company. I mean, I'm talking like, you know, yeah. hundreds of thousands of people working in it. I'm talking about the small business. That direction needs to come from the top and make a commitment and then teach leadership to other people. Right. Uh, and I have seen that happen. I've, I've seen companies where, you know, one business owner, she handed off, the responsibility of running the day-to-day operations to two other women who have her vision, who have her focus, and they've been taught it from the very beginning, and it's Powerful. highly successful. Powerful. Dave Crenshaw, we appreciate you joining us, Dave. Really, folks, go check out his website, DaveCrenshaw.com. And remember, you can go to chaosquiz.com where uh, he'll, you'll be able to fill out an assessment and kind of get a very personalized action plan from one of Dave's uh, coaches and people there. Dave, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you very much, Matt. You are the best. And that uh, really very insightful stuff from his book, The Focused Business, How Entrepreneurs Can Triumph Over Chaos by Dave Crenshaw. Again, go check that out at DaveChaos.com. Uh, Dave DaveCrenshaw.com.
Now, uh, as we wrap up the show um, and getting ready uh, to turn it over to the commencement exercises for Brigham Young University, we uh, just wanted to go around the horn and talk to my team here, see what they learned about being focused. Anybody have anything uh, stand out? Merit. I liked um, what was the agent of chaos, the con. Yes. That was pretty interesting because I'm one of those people who tends to like, well, you know, if I kill myself right now, and do everything as hard as I possibly can, then when it's later, then yeah. I'll be fine. We, everyone tells that. And yeah. I guess it's not a myth. It's just you can't live your whole life no, by deciding that eventually all of your neglect of everything else will pay off. And it's habit creating. Oh, so yeah. the minute you work, you know, you put in way, way too long hours or you work way too hard on something when you should have just let it go, then the next time you do it, you're going to have to do it again. And yeah. that's what other people are going to expect of you. So you're right. creating a cycle where you're not going to be able to get it out because you're digging this hole where you're going to have to overwork yourself constantly. And look at what we're about to turn this over to is commencement. And it seems like a lot of these people have been working for four years or five or six or eight years to get this degree. And now they're finally getting this payoff, I guess. <laughs> we hope. Right. I mean, I mean, it's a graduation. It's fulfilling. It's positive. It's good. And yet, I guess the, the ultimate, um, in, I guess, irony is they may have just trained themselves to, to still neglect everyone. And, and so one of the keys, I think, to all of us as we listen to the graduation that will be coming up is don't just get caught up in the idea that just because you have a worthy goal and you're working for your worthy goal that you can neglect everything else and it will all work out. As uh, Dave Crenshaw taught us, that's a big, big con. Anybody else uh, have a profound learning they want to share as we uh, wrap up? I was, I was poking around in the book and I ran into the siphon. The siphon. Now, we, he didn't get into that one. What's okay. the siphon? The, the siphon is the customer that uh, makes requests but that are a little ridiculous. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, customers are good, right? Yeah, customers are good, but this one's a life suck. It takes the life out of us. Well, folks. We thank you for joining us uh, again. Go enjoy graduation. A lot of people who have focused a long, hard time to, to accomplish a goal. And again, remember, life is good and the world is worth living and the life is worth living as long as we're focused and staying close to those things that are important. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow right here on BYU Radio. We now turn it over to BYU Commencement. 